Welcome back to episode six of Around the Wire. Um, I'm your host, Chad Rich, alongside Stephen Iwanek and Justin Waslick. Oh, we have a guest today, Jackson Talbot. How are you doing, man? Hello. Good. Good. Great. How are you guys this Glad weekend? To be on here. All right. A lot of Bad. sports. A lot of homework, a lot of sports. Yeah. Same here. All right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, we're going to lead it off. Stephen's going to lead it off with um, some NFL talk. And, uh, yeah, we'll just move on from there. All right, everybody, what's going on? It's your boy Steve right here. Um, it was week 10 in the NFL. Uh, it was good to see the Browns back coming off a bye week. Uh, picked up a uh, low-scoring 10-7 to win over the Houston Texans. I know we were all pleased to see, or if maybe we didn't see it due to some of the power outages uh, around Northeast Ohio. Um but for those who at least, I don't know if you guys listened and or watched, uh, your thoughts on the Browns getting to 6-3 and three with a 10-7 to seven win? Want me to go first? I don't yeah, go ahead, Justin. <clears throat> well, first off, I just want to give a little bit of credit to the defense. I mean, anytime you hold Deshaun Watson, um, you know, it's not the best Texans team ever, but they got some good weapons and um, you held them to seven points. That's pretty good. Um, early on in the game, Miles Garrett had a couple sacks, and then um, yeah, it was it was just a defensive battle the whole game. It came down to the fourth quarter when we actually got to running the ball. Um, we would just run the ball three straight downs and get a first down, and just kind of keep uh, the clock moving. And then Nick Chubb with that really smart play where he ran for sixty yards and then stopped at the one yard line, not allowing <clears throat> for Houston to get the ball back. So that was. It was a good game for the Browns. Um, yeah, that's about that's about it. Yeah. Um, Tao, if you, anybody want to go? Yeah, I can go. Yeah, along with Justin, is if you can keep uh, Deshaun Watson and that offense with uh, only seven points, and I think another very important thing is uh, Chubb and Hunt, both with 19 carries. Um, both of them were very efficient. Chubb got the touchdown, could have had the second one, but I couldn't catch much of the game because of the power outage. But looking at these stats, Baker Mayfield, solid game. Not much there, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you can get both your running backs to get over 100 yards, the first time since 1966 that the Browns were able to do that. Um, The testament to the offensive line, testament to – uh, just how how impactful Nick Chubb is to that offense. Uh, you know, in our hearts, really, I think we won 17 to 7. I actually think Chubb could have scored that touchdown. We still would have been okay, but I understand why he did it. And um, it shows that he's – what I think that shows is, you know, if we would have a situation in where kind of like that Detroit-Atlanta game, you know, that shows that Chubb, he's thinking while he's running. You know, he he's smart enough to realize, hey, you know, we can – and the game here, let's just get out of bounds and, and do the right thing. And so I give Nick a lot of credit. Nick's just such a, you know, my dad was texting me during the game and um, he was telling me how Nick is embodies what a Cleveland Brown is, you know, humble, classy run. He, he reminds him a lot of the Ernest Biner, Kevin Mack days. Uh, and obviously, you know, how those two guys, uh, how great they were for Cleveland. So uh yeah, it was good to see. 10-7 I don't think really shows. I think the Browns really had a lot of control in this game. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a good 
win to see, get us to six and three. It's been a long time. I don't know if I've ever seen a Browns team go six and three. So uh, it was a very good thing to see. They did in 2014 with, uh, I believe that was the Hoyer year. Then we lost all but one of the rest of the year. Don't, so. don't jinx it. Okay. Yeah. It's a different team. It is, but don't jinx it. So we've got some games here. So, Chad, do you have any comments on it? Um, no, I mean, you guys covered it really at all. Um, one of the biggest things was, I mean, this game showed the importance of Nick Chubb coming back, like you guys said. Um, Cleveland's fifth in the league with um, rushing yards per game. Um, so, I mean, the, the versatility that we have between um, Hunt out there catching passes and then and running it up the middle of Chubb, I mean, it's really going to be effective, especially with um, guys like Odell Beckham going to be out for the year, of course. Um, relieves some of the pressure off, off of Baker and our receivers. But, I mean – other than that, yeah, it was a good game. And um, like like we said, I mean, we went against Deshaun Watson. Like, he's a legit threat in the NFL. Um, so, this Texas team, I know their record's 2-7, and seven, but um, it was still it was still a decently good NFL team that we played against. So If, if I could say one concern I have, though, is I understand we ran the ball really well, and, and they have a very good rushing attack, but – uh, the problem, and, and again, once you get into the, the winter time and, and try to make a playoff push, you got to be able to play defense. You got to be able to run the ball, and uh, we at least have a consistent half of that. Um, but I, I'm still slightly concerned with. There were times where you saw the offense; they kind of just kind of stalled a little bit. You know, receivers were struggling to get open, had to get a, some pa- pass interference calls, and and so. We were able to do it against Houston, and I'm glad we did. But I want to see if we can start maybe getting our – you know, receivers need to get a little more separation. we got to be able to be a little more uh, – a little more balanced, I think, offensively in terms of efficiency. But, uh, and, you know, that's something we can just keep going as, as the season goes on, one game at a time. You know, we got a, a good good matchup next week. You know, Philadelphia, despite their record, you know, they're still competing. They have a chance to win that division, and they're going to be – fired up to go so uh, I mean and I mean one quick thing I wanted to put in I mean if that's that's our one biggest concern um that we take out of this game I think I'll live with it you know uh if everything else is working fine and I think it is right now um our passing game will come though for sure I mean we got the, the right receivers outside to do it so I'm not too worried but yeah I agree with you um uh, was there a game that stuck out to you guys other than the Browns uh, game this I week add just one more thing with the Browns Sorry. was um Maybe it could have been the key play of the game was when the Texans were driving. I think it was in the first quarter, and they were down to the one on fourth and goal. And instead of electing for the field goal, they went they went for the touchdown. And uh, that field goal could have been the the tying kick later in that game. So maybe uh, some better management would have helped them tie it up. Maybe I don't know. Maybe something would have happened at the end of the game. It could have been different. But and then the other thing was um, you could tell that the running game was much more improved with Wyatt Teller pulling back and forth across the formations and stuff. He was a, a great lead blocker and that helped us a lot. Um, so that, uh, was there a game other than the Browns game that stuck out to you guys? Let's start with Jackson. Uh, yeah. The bill, I caught the end of the bills and the Cardinals game. Pretty sure we all saw it at Hopkins catch. But before that um, it was, Josh Allen the digs with like 50 seconds left and then Cardinals had like no timeouts and they drove and 
jump ball. You're going to take that chance with Hopkins all day. And he went up there and got it, and that was just a crazy moment to see. I like Megatron. Hit yeah. Anybody else had a game stuck out to them? Chad, you got one? Yeah. Um, so I the which one, one you're going to say, actually. I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want this to be a repeating record every week, but um, I'm going to go with this game because it was a big win. It was an upset. Oh, well, it's not a repeating record because the Cowboys didn't play this week. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't have to watch Cowboys games since they were on a bye, but. No, it was actually a game that I actually watched last night. Um, it was Patriots uh, being the Ravens, uh, 23-17. Um, I look at it from a perspective of, I mean, it's an upset for sure. Um, but it really helped, like, I don't know, it made me happy for two reasons. One, of course, because of Cam Newton. But two, I mean, they beat the Ravens, and that's a, uh, they're in the same division as the Browns. It helps us, and, and it really um, – I think Bill's more confidence. I think I'm, I'm becoming more and more confident that that first game of the year was a complete fluke. I mean, I feel like the Browns have what it takes now. I mean, I know they lost Odell, but now to um, come out and beat the Ravens when they play them next. But back to the Patriots game. Um, Cam played – I mean, he had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. Um, but I think the, the point that stuck out to me the most was the lack of help Lamar Jackson has. I don't blame this loss on Jackson, on Lamar at all, really. Um, I think other than, I mean, he did throw, I don't know, I'm pretty sure he, th- he might have thrown one interception. But other than that, I don't completely blame Lamar. I, I, it's really the lack of help that he has. I mean, receivers don't weren't performing, um, and that defense did not perform at all against a sub. Right now, what looks like a, a, sub, a subpar New England offense. Yeah, go ahead. What is the difference between Lamar's weapons this year and last year? None. I mean, that that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying it's more of a more of a disappointment. Marquise Brown got better in the offseason. He was hurt last year, but he did make strides to get better. I mean, and then they have Willie Sneed, who made strides to get better this offseason. They're still underproducing. So what I'm saying is that I look at the Ravens, I say, well, it's more of a disappointing loss for the Ravens, not because the Patriots, they got beat by a team that was below 500, but if this trend continues, they're going to – end up third in the, in the AFC, which in the AFC North, which I, I predicted them to be first in the, in the uh, conference this year, because of, I, I do believe the lack of help that, that Lamar has, and it's, it's, it's no different. It should be better this year. And that, that's why I'm saying it's a disappointing uh, result. Um, Justin, you have a game? Um, yeah. So, during the weather delay at First Energy Stadium, um, the TV cut to the Buccaneers against the Panthers, and I got to watch about the first quarter or so, and uh, I just saw that it was a, a big bounce-back win for Tom Brady. He played really well, about 350 yards and three touchdowns. And then uh, the other game that I saw something interesting in was the uh, Colts-Titans game, and I just wanted to note that uh, – the Titans have really been struggling uh, in the kicking game. You saw their punter. It's their third punter in the last three games at a 17-yard punt. And uh, that wasn't very good. He'll probably not be the last punter they'll have this year. And then uh, another punt got blocked and ended up being a touchdown. So that's that's really the reason they're losing games right now. Marquette King, that's who they need. Maybe. Um, game I stuck out to me, uh, 
kind of along the importance, I think, of Arizona's win. Uh, but the L.A. Seattle game, uh, the Rams got a win at home. Uh, so now we have three teams tied in first place in the NFC West at six and three. And, uh, you know, Seattle, they're starting to see some some holes. You know, he needs a little bit more help. And, and that defense still has its issues. Um, but the Rams, they may have the most complete team in that division. You know, they have a really good defense. Aaron Donald's one of the defensive player of the year candidates. Jalen Ramsey shut down DK Metcalf. Uh, they have a three-headed monster running back with uh, Akers, Brown, and uh, Henderson. Henderson. And, uh, you know, Jared Goff, he's not a special quarterback, but Sean McVay's, McVay excuse me, uh, has put him in a good position uh, to succeed. Keeps the offense simple. He has nice weapons on the outside, so – you know, if the Rams can can keep up the defense and running the ball, like I say, you know, in order to, to win in the playoffs and to win late in the season, you got to be able to run the ball and, and play defense. And right now the Rams have the those two aspects of their team are the best in that division, I think. Um, so it's going to be interesting moving forward how that division kind of plays out. I still have faith in Russell Wilson. You know, he's still one of the MVP candidates. And uh, the Cardinals, you know, have shown they can do some magic, especially with Hopkins and, and Murray. So, uh it's going to be a real interesting division, how that plays out. Uh, can I point out two things real quick? What's that? Go for it. Uh, one of them was the Dolphins and Chargers game. Um, no, one's, no one pointed it out. I just want to take a quick quick moment to um, – I mean, 2 is 2-0 and, oh and it starts now. And 3-0, and oh, excuse me, yeah. And um, other than that, I think it was just – a presentation of, I mean, a two against Justin Herbert. And when I watched that game, I more and more thought that, um, like, this this is, in my opinion, the best draft class, quarterback draft class I've seen. Um, you have talent in all ways. And like I say, the Chargers record shouldn't represent that Chargers team and what Justin Herbert's been doing. Um, so I want to get that out there. But the second point was with Seattle's loss to – uh, the Rams, and then, of course, the Cardinals win against a good Buffalo team. Does it change our MVP candidates at all or who we think is going to win? Well, I will say this. I, I, I'm not a – I'm going to try and avoid being the guy who just flip-flops. Uh, I still think Russell Wilson, he, he's the, the engine to that team. Um, and so I think he, he, despite some of the turnovers the past couple of weeks, I, I, don't, I don't see him just completely falling off. So I still think he's going to be right up there in the MVP. But uh, I think we all should be sort of ashamed of ourselves for not mentioning Patrick Mahomes because that dude is every year for the next 15 years is going to be in the MVP conversation. That guy is just such a – he's a generational talent. And, you know, the fact that we didn't even mention him in our MVPs is, is shameful. Yeah, I, I still have Aaron Rodgers as mine. But um, I guess I should mention that Kyler Murray should be up there in that conversation really. Dal, do you have an MVP as of right now? Um, I was thinking about that. I, I like Russell Wilson, too. If he can – I mean, two interceptions this week, but I still like Russell Wilson going going to the end of the year. And I, I – this is not me being a homer, but Miles Garrett, I, I know he won't win it because defensive players rarely ever win it, but – my God, that guy is the best player. He right now he's defensive player of the year in my opinion, and he should be at least in that discussion because for the sure man, the man is just. I mean, you know, with the Browns, they don't have you know like 
three different pass rushers. Like he is the one main passer. He's their main defensive player, if we're being honest. But every week he is making his impact. He's making an impact. And you know, this week he had what? Did he have one or two sacks? I don't even he know. He had a sack and then a, a tackle for a loss when Watson yeah, he, he brought down Watson that fourth down play. He had the sack early on in the game. He makes tackles for loss. The guy, even the one play, I think people would overlook. There was one, Deshaun Watson had like a he little read option bootleg, and he bit really hard on it. But yet he, as six foot five, 200, I don't know how, 260, whatever he is, able to chase him out of bounds and that hard of an angle that just shows just the freak athlete he is. And just, he, he's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. My two, my two dream MVP winners, if I had to pick that aren't going to win it, but are, have been playing really, really well would be one miles Garrett and two Dalvin cook. I mean, Dalvin cook single-handedly carrying that Vikings offense. Are you sure and, about that? <laughs> I am sure about that. I mean, he leads the league in rushing touchdowns and rushing yards uh, for running backs um, without him. Their their record wouldn't be as what it would be as now, but no, I I hundred percent agree with you. Miles Garrett's been phenomenal this this year. So uh, we'll see. You know, the NFL we we got it's still we just got past the halfway point in the season, um, but we're starting to see that both the playoff pictures. It's going to be real interesting. You know, AFC North. Uh, it's starting to look like Pittsburgh's going to pull away a little bit, especially with that Baltimore loss last night. You never know what could happen. Um, so it's going to be a battle between Baltimore and Cleveland. Uh, the Raiders got a win yesterday. Dolphins got a win. I think was that four in a row now for Dol- for the Dolphins. I mean, they've just been red hot. And we have five teams vying for the three wild card spots, and they're all six and three. And the Patriots, who have won two in a row, and they're not out of the conversation just yet. So. Uh, it's going to be real interesting how that plays out. Uh, right now, the Raiders, Dolphins, and Raiders, Ravens, and Dolphins have the three spots due to tie-breaking situations, but um, surely not over yet. So a uh, lot, lot of football left to play and some division races. You know, Bills and Dolphins are competing right now, Colts and, and Titans. So it's going to be real interesting how this plays out. Um, and, and the NFC, I don't even know. Let's, let's see. Got another interesting, you know, matchup there vikings are starting to come on they're going to make that interesting too so uh, uh i have a sleeper for mvp actually uh josh allen other than uh Diggs and beasley his weapons aren't aren't really there that run game is terrible yep. and they're going to really have to rely on him going out and i think that can lead to some big numbers for josh allen yeah he's up there on my list for sure one thing I would say, though, is, is that part of if I'm judging MVP criteria is I want to see him win the big games. And I'm not just taking yesterday as the example, but, you know, he's played the Chiefs and he lost. You know, he got outplayed by Patrick Mahomes. Um, so I think while he has taken great strides, I think he's a good quarterback. I'm not taking anything away from him. To be an MVP, you've got to be able to to beat some of those really good teams, be that guy can that can overcome the top teams in the league and, I, I want to see him start to do that more until I start saying he is an MVP. But, uh, yeah, he's taking a lot of strides. Great quarterback, but I'm not sure about MVP quite yet. But, uh, That's fair. Yeah, he's got, he's got to win the big games if he wants to be in that combo. And, unfortunately for him, he, he he's going to have to go up with Patrick Mahomes every year of his career. And it's just, you know, it's what it's going to be. He's going to be – Patrick Mahomes will be in this league for just like Tom Brady is, I think. Because he's that good of a quarterback. So, 
I mean, really, though, if I think about it with any quarterback, I mean, you put the weapons that – I'm not saying that Allen's better than Mahomes because he's not. But I'm what I'm saying is if you put the weapons that Mahomes has and you and you get half of that in Buffalo, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to increase Josh Allen's play 100%. And it will be closer games. And, and I could see, you know, Josh Allen outdueling Patrick Mahomes in, in, in the future and such. But – you know, it all has to do with your weapons that you have as well. And um, a big reason, I'm not saying that's why Mahomes is good, because Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. But um, his weapons help him a lot, and, and that's why he's a, – a, a big reason why he's really, really good is that he has guys that he can rely on. So, um, And then I can, just real quick before we shift away from football, uh, Ohio State yep. – Unfortunately, had their game canceled due to COVID with Maryland. Um, so they technically had a bye week. Uh, Michigan got beat down by Wisconsin. Oh, I love seeing it. One and three are the Wolverines now. Penn State lost one. They're 0-4. So the Big Ten that we thought we were going to see, it's kind of shifting. Uh, and the Buckeyes, they're going to have their hands full next Saturday with the Hoosiers coming to town. Indiana's red hot. Got to shut out the – Spartans and Michigan State this week, and uh, Ohio State better uh, bring their A game because Indiana's going to be fired up, ready to, to play them. So hopefully things play out. I still think the Buckeyes will win, but uh, you know, we'll, let's see, let's see how they do. You know, that Penn State win starting to look a little, uh, a little less appealing uh, with the way they've been playing this year. So anyway, I know Chad. It's been, I. I have we we talked about the NBA one time? We talked a sliver about it when we put up the question when the, of well, when the, the twenty sixteen, yeah, the twenty sixteen uh, Cavs versus twenty sixteen Indians. Which one meant me more? But so, I think you waited very patiently for the Appreciate past few that. episodes. We all four of us like basketball. Um, Jackson is for the viewers or listeners who don't know. Jackson Talbot is. Are you a starter now? Yeah. Congratulations. He's a starting shooting guard, uh, three-point machine for the Firelands Falcons out in Lorain County, Ohio. Um, if you like watching three-pointers and uh, – No defense. No, I'm not, I was going to say no defense. <laughs> Go check out some of the games. Uh, but uh, Chad Rich, he's uh, – uh, well, who am I kidding? I, I guess I'm a, a – a retired basketball player, but I think my career was retired after sophomore year. So I'm not going to get into that. Hey, I retired uh, before you. Um, <laughs> forcefully. Anyway, uh, we had a big trade in the NBA today. Actually, um, I, yeah. I'll let Chad kind of lead this conversation. He's been he's he's got ants in his pants right now. Getting ready to talk. I about was glued to my phone from 12 p.m. to probably 2:30, 3 o'clock, refreshing Twitter. Um, you guys are gonna make fun of me because I use Reddit, but scrolling through Reddit and um, yeah, because trade window opened at twelve, and uh, the only biggest big trade that we uh, got today was Chris Paul got traded to the Phoenix Suns for I'll tell you right now Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Jr., Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and a future first round pick. So that was a big trade, but the Thunder also made another trade before that. That was um, Dennis Schroeder getting traded to. Los Angeles for Danny Green and uh, the 20th pick in uh, Wednesday's draft. Um, Chris Paul is my favorite point guard of all time. 
and seeing him transition to a team that actually is, in my in my opinion, right now, uh, one of the one of the scarier teams in the Western Conference now with um, a facility now a facilitating point guard in Chris Paul. Don't look at me like that. Think about it. Think about it. Yeah, I'll explain. I'll explain my reasoning right right now. The Suns went eight zero in the playoff bubble with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. With Ricky Rubio as their starting point, they they had no point guard play. Um, now that they bring in Chris Paul, who led the uh, Oklahoma State Thunder team that had a one point six percent chance to make the playoffs last year, they bring him onto the team, who's who's already, in my opinion, he's a in in my opinion, which you guys might disagree with me. In my opinion, he's a top ten point guard of all time. They bring Chris Paul to, to Phoenix to play alongside Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, so they have real real guard play. I don't see how they're not one of the scarier teams in the Western Conference now, given the fact that no really other Western Conference team came out and made a move yet. I mean, you have a healthy Kevin Durant and Kyrie in the East. You have a dysfunctional Houston Rockets team. You have a Thunder team who got significantly worse getting rid of um, getting rid of Chris Paul. Um, I really don't see – I mean, no other Western Conference team has made a move. So – that's my reasoning behind it, and um, go ahead and disagree. But I, I'll sit here and, and and discuss it with you, and I'll stand by my point all day. So, I mean, to me, uh, nothing says scary like the Phoenix Suns, who haven't been to the playoffs in ten years. I'm sorry, I, I don't see it. I'm I'm tired of people crowning Devin Booker as the next best thing when he can't win games. So, uh, it, he's gonna well, have to prove it to me this here's year. A th- well, he can't win games. He went eight zero. With by himself, in the bubble after the bubble. Everyone, everyone stopped playing for three months, yeah. He had some okay, games. so then your Lakers championship don't mean nothing. What does that mean? No, they played what 30 games or something, yeah. But they came, they came back and they played in the same bubble as everyone slow. else did, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Tao, do you want to comment on this? Uh, I'm, I'm just more focused on the Thunder's picks that they have coming up. Like they have so many picks. I'm looking at their website. Yeah, I'm right more now. scared of the Thunder at this point. If I'm in the they, yeah, they, their future. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they they could package some picks together and uh, go get some players if they wanted to. You know, some selling teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Two like picks from drafted. Twenty-one. Chat's connection here. That twenty-one twenty. Is uh, Jay, we're losing you. Starting with the chat here, everybody else is doing good. That's good. Um, yeah, you're 100 right. The, the the Thunder have at least at least two first round picks from this year all the way till like 2026. Right. Uh, they their some rounds they have three or four, which is insane. Um, and we and, you know I get it. In the NBA it's a lot different than the NFL. Um. Because really, after the top ten, you're really kind of just hit or miss. You know, you've had some names in the later picks, but really nowadays it seems like after the top five, top ten, you're really just kind of hoping that somebody turns out to be a good player. But yeah, you're 100 percent right. But uh, Chad, Chad, I, I just need to, and I'm not going to be disrespectful. Wait, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Did I lost connection? So I dropped out. But what were what are you talking about right now? Oh, the Thunder are a lot better than the Suns. Not no, at this, not at this moment. That. Not at this moment. They're not. We, In the future, we didn't they say might that. Be. He's just messing with you. But go ahead. 
But Tal made a, uh, brought up a great point about the picks that the Thunder have from this year all the way through 2026. They have at least two in every uh, two yeah. uh, in the first round from this moving forward. But they also have some ro- uh, years when they have three to four, which is insane. Um, so they could definitely – I could see them in the future after maybe getting a couple pr- prospects that hopefully turn out to be promising, maybe packaging some picks together, trying to get a selling team star player, you know. Correct. Uh, yeah. Like a Zach Levine kind of guy. Not saying him, but, you know, no, that kind of feel to it. Yeah. Um, but Chad, I, look, the, the Suns, they had a great bubble run. Um, hate to burst your bubble here, Chad. I, but yeah, I, I hate to burst your bubble. But even with Chris Paul, who's a great player, Hall of Famer, I get it. They're not better than the Lakers. They're not better than the Clippers. They're not better. Golden State's going to get healthy again. They have the Splash Brothers, and then they're going to get you know, Draymond and, and a top three pick here. So watch out for them. They'll be back. That's four teams. Uh, uh, three teams, excuse me. Uh, Denver, not better than Denver. They're not. I wouldn't pick them over Utah. I think Utah's a good basketball team. I'd take Portland. Uh, yeah, Portland. They're not better. Uh, Portland would be an interesting series. Uh, and then I don't think they're better than Dallas. So they may be an eight seed. Okay. And then it's a first one loss to LeBron and the Lakers. So they got about one play-in game better than. I'm last looking year. at it. I'm not looking at the aspect of me saying that them picking up Chris Paul makes them an automatic five to six seed in the Western Conference, because that's not what I said. Um, I look at it from a perspective of this. Devin Booker averaged 27 points a game last year. Um, they made it to the bubble. They have, a, they have upcoming and rising DeAndre Ayton at center. They have a perennial all-star in, in Devin Booker. They went – now, I mean, I mean take, it, take it how you want it. I mean, they went 8-0 in the bubble right? They missed out on a playoff spot. They already have all the momentum from that moment going 8-0 in the bubble, coming into the offseason without point guard play at all. I wouldn't consider Ricky Rubio top 10 point guard in the league like I would Chris Paul. Um, they, deal, they deal Ricky Rubio away in a trade, get Chris Paul. What I'm saying right now, looking at it from a perspective of not comparing them to other Western Conference teams, Right now, looking at it, um, bringing in these guys that are that already know like how to win and how to play it. That's why I see them as one of the teams that that could could be a threat in the Western Conference. And I say uh, that. Now, hold on, you didn't say could be a threat. The you originally. said scary. You said, you said scary. one of the one of the scariest teams in the Western Conference. Right. That is Which, not. I'm sorry. That that's a, they've got better, but that's not one of the. They're one of the teams. top fifteen. How does that not? Right how does that not <laughs> translate into them being the threat in the Western Conference? If I'm saying they're one of the scariest teams in the Western Conference, they improved the point guard position and lost a little bit of depth. I. That's about it. Okay. Maybe they're not the, a, and this is okay. right now. Maybe they go out and they make another big move. I don't know. And if they make the another most, big move, maybe I change my tone. But what's the most 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 important position on the floor? Well, every position is important, but uh, you're right. Point card facilitates the offense. I get it. I get who it. Who will be playing? Who will be playing the three and the four? Exactly. Uh, in, it will be Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson, both young guys. But I mean, yeah, when you're playing yeah. alongside Chris Paul, Chris Paul had uh, young Shea Gilgis Alexander. He was playing with Lou Dort and Stephen Adams. I would consider DeAndre Ayton better than Stephen Adams. Um, I would even consider Mikael Bridges better than Lou Dort. Um, at the time. And then of course, Devin Booker's better than Shea. So, I mean, Chris Paul led a team, led Oklahoma city team who, like I said, they had a, I think it was like a 1.6% chance to make the playoffs. And he got immediately put on a team. That's really, that's, that's better. And still in the Western conference. And, and Chad, look, 
the Suns got better than the Thunder. You're 100% right. But did they get better than the top teams? No. I didn't say they did. You just said that you made them one of the scariest teams in the Western Conference. I'm sorry. They, and when I, hear, when I hear one of the scariest teams, I'm thinking top four seed. Okay, well, then our opinions differ. And I'll just respect that. But what I'm but saying they, is – They may not of... make the playoffs still, so. Okay. That's not a very I'm... scary team if they don't make the playoffs. You, you don't know that. I don't know that. You're right. People also, people also, people also but I do know that they're not better than the Lakers. They're not better than the Clippers. They're not better than the Jazz. They're not better than the Warriors. They're not better than the Mavericks. They're not better than the, the uh, who's the other team here? Um, the Nuggets. So, I know. Did I? The Jazz. Okay. Okay. Well, two things. First of all, I didn't come out and say the Suns would be a uh, number one in the Western Conference. I didn't say you did. Yeah, you did because you're telling, no, me, about, you're telling me about I, all see, the – you're telling me about all the teams that you're telling me about all the teams that are better than them. And I didn't say they were better than any of those teams. I said, I, from, them an eight seed. I said from perspective, because of the, of the moves they made as a Western conference team and no other Western conference team is making moves to get all-stars that right now they're one, one of the one. scariest teams of the Western conference Two, no one thought that the Suns would be a note going on in the bubble. Heck bleacher report reported that the Suns would go own eight in the bubble. So Given the fact that you can't say that you you don't even know if they make the playoffs. But That's we don't play eight argument. games in the regular season. We play eighty-two games in the regular season in a normal year. All right. I'm just I'm saying, just no one, you. no one in the NBA is scared of the Suns right now. Maybe a, a local CYO team is scared of the Suns right now, but I think that's about it. You, well, you're right, Chad. Chad, yeah. they got better than the Thunder today. You're 100 percent right. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I was... This seems to be a reoccurring theme. This. Uh... Steve versus Chad kind of fuel. It is. No, it's a more of a Stephen and Justin versus Chad oh, every podcast. That's yeah. not true. That is not true. That is yes, not true. It's kind of true. That, no, it's not. 100% true. It's no, it's true. not. Okay, it Justin, is. who's Steven, the goat? Don't, don't sit here and tell me that the you goat? don't go at me every time. Who's the oh, goat? Yeah, I who, who's the goat? Yeah. Don't even start. But I forgot. Don't, he don't didn't tell, win don't, a national championship. You don't, don't sit there and say you don't come at me every podcast because you do. Because, I, first of all, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFL. I And I'm not a Cam <laughs> I didn't Welcome say to Dallas, my world, huh? Welcome I didn't say I didn't say Dallas was the best team in the NFL. You can go back and rewatch. Well, you, you said they could beat the Saints, and right now that. the Saints are seven and two, and the Cowboys are two and seven. So I did say that they could beat the Saints when Dak Prescott was healthy. Yeah, I, and I'm telling I mean, you, you're you're full of it. So technically, any team can beat any team on any given Sunday. That's football. Not the Jets, though. Yeah, not probably not. Jets. But the Jets, guess who they almost beat? Yeah. It's true. Looking forward to watching Kirk Cousins, by the way, Justin, speaking of the NFL. Yeah, I was about to say, watch out for big Kirk tonight. It's a good, uh, good Bears defense. Bears starting to fall apart, though. Maybe they can get a good win here tonight. Anyway, uh, uh, we got some uh, emotions out of the way. Uh, got, our, got our blood pressure up a little bit. And for those listeners who also don't know, I, I played golf in high school. I've played golf for many years, and I've had the privilege of playing golf with all three of these individuals. But I must say, not just picking favorites, but Tao is one of my favorite golfers I've ever played with. He's also one of the – well, probably the best golfer I've played with. Uh, no offense to, to anybody else here. Um, None taken. Uh, Jackson went to the state tournament his junior year. Um, so – this past week, we had the return of, in my opinion, my favorite uh, golf tournament of the year. Uh, good old the Masters. Um, 
Dustin Johnson was the champion this year, shooting a combined score of 20 under a Masters record. Uh, very impressive uh, weekend for DJ. Um, would, any, any thoughts on the Masters this week? I can start. Uh, Cameron Smith, great, great, put together great four rounds. Uh, every day, four, four rounds, all sub-70 rounds, and still lost by five strokes. And you can ask Steve, Steve, what is the most important part of golf? Starts with a C. Chipping? I mean. Consistency. Well, uh... Dustin Johnson played so consistent. And when you play that consistent for four rounds, you deserve to win. And he did. He played consistent every round. And he I mean, he won. You're 100 percent Cameron Smith in his four rounds, 67, 68, 69, 69. Dustin Johnson had two 65s. He even had a round of 70, a second round, but yet he still was able to turn in 65, 70, 65, 68. Just what can you say? The guy was just playing out of his mind this week. And, uh, Sanjay M, too, uh, had a yeah. great one. Yeah. That was his first Masters tournament. Usually the scores aren't that um, that low, but the course was – like I was watching Saturday morning and – Every every approach was just sticking straight into the green, and that obviously led to some lower scores. That helped the helped the field out that it was wetter because usually they play obviously in the summer in Georgia it's ninety degrees and those greens are just blazing fast. So the uh, softer conditions definitely helped the helped the whole field this week, which yeah. led to that uh, twenty under. Chad, you're not mad DJ. at us, are you? No, I'm just on my phone. I was, I was, I'm listening. He's, right he's now. just stewing right now. He's going to make another explicit episode this week. You have any thoughts on the Masters, Chad? No, I didn't. I didn't really watch it that much, um, actually, at all. Um, but the one, the one we did all see was Ty wishing a ten stroke on a par three. So. I'll just leave that there. Um, I was rooting for Tiger like I always do every Masters because he's my favorite golfer. But, um, yeah, I mean, that just took him out of the game. But, um, yeah, uh, congrats to Dustin Johnson on winning it. Um, yeah, I mean, I know Justin watched him more than I did, so I'll let him go. But, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think anybody who's been following golf over the at least the past few months has, has seen how dominant DJ has been. He's won, I think, three out of his last six tournaments that he's been in. He's played second and fifth and all kinds of things. So he's been super consistent, and uh, it was good to see him play so well. And, uh, yeah, I was rooting for Tiger, just like Chad. He had a really good first round, I believe 68, and then 71 the second. And then uh, on moving day on Saturday, just couldn't make any moves. I think he had a par that day. And then so I think DJ started at – 14 under on the last day so tiger was really out of it but um everything kind of fell apart on the i think it was the 12th hole when he made that, that 10 on a par three uh, three balls just i think all three of them landed on the green and just ripped back into the water yep. so right into race creek yeah uh, many balls have ended up there but um he did end up actually i think he birdied the last three to finish one under for that mm-hmm. tournament so uh, yeah, congrats to DJ. I'm, I'm really a fan of his. And then uh, the other thing I noticed was uh, 
John Rom, I forget which hole it was, just topped a, a hybrid. So that, yeah, or three yeah. wood. Yeah, that was funny. So been there. Yeah, I, been, I there. been there. Another thing I want to add is um Deshambo. He was obviously a big favorite this week, and he I think Thursday or Wednesday, right before, he said he's gonna try try to drive all the greens, hit it as far as he can. And that's obviously not the play at Augusta. You want to keep the ball in the fairway. And just didn't work for him. He still finished two under, which is usually good at Augusta. But with DJ finishing 20 under, there was just no spotlight left for DeChambeau. Uh, I mean, you look at some of the other the golfers there. I mean, Justin Thomas shot a 12 under. You know, uh, Brooks Kepka 10 under. Uh, John Rahm 10 under. You know, McElroy was in there. McElroy was yeah. 11 under. Matsuyama was eight. I mean, those are all good scores in a tournament. It's just, you know, Dustin Johnson was just on a whole other level, you know. But uh, props to to all those guys. You know, it was a it was a good tournament. It was just fun to see. You know, just lucky we were able to have the Masters. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and it's only about five six months away from they're going to go right back at it next year in April. So that'll be. We get a double dose of the Masters and turn a span of one year, so uh, it'll be fun. Um, it's my favorite tournament. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I mean, Masters is my favorite, but, but I like the U.S. Open too, especially at, like Pebble Beach. Even the uh, the British Open is fun to watch. Like usually, the winning score there is like two over because just the way that course plays and the wind and yeah. That's just another fun one to watch. How like hard year, it is. There's always a rainy day. Yeah, and just it, it just makes like the top players look look silly sometimes. It's just just crazy how that that course plays and how that tournament usually ends up. All right, so I feel bad for yelling at Chad. Um, so I'm gonna give him a little more NBA talk. I promise I won't criticize because no, I don't know a lot. I don't know a listen, lot. Listen, though, though I'm, I'm, I respect your opinion. I 100% do. And I, I'm I not, respect yours, too. I'm just, and I'm, I'm not just... mad. I'm not mad. I'm just saying I respect it. But I'm also saying, I mean, just keep just keep the doubt coming. That's all I'm saying. Okay. But, yeah, and what's your second you, you know what, Chad? If I'm wrong, you can yell at me. You can do whatever you want because I will know I'm wrong. But I've I'm been wrong plenty you, of times. I'm I mean, telling you, but, the Suns, to me, they made themselves go from a losing team in the play-in to about an eighth seed or seven or eight seed, and they're going to get out in the first round because that West is stacked. It is. The West is stacked, and so is the East. Both nobody's beating LeBron. Nobody's beating LeBron in the West. So. This is the most balanced the league's been since 2016. I 100% agree with you. Um, both conferences are are – respectable now i mean the east has become the the eastern conference could get even more stacked because it looks like james harden's going to be going to eastern conference and either if he joins brooklyn good lord i see him i I see him staying with the rackets but um also i mean you could throw in i I see the philly is more as a bigger possibility than than um brooklyn just because they have more assets to give but yeah either way they're both in the west eastern so i think he could leave houston actually i don't see him leaving i see westbrook leaving but i don't see uh harden now I don't know if Westbrook will leave now. That uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't see Westbrook leaving. But uh, I obviously love, want to see. I want to see them both play though. I'd love Westbrook to see Westbrook and in, in, I'd love to see Westbrook in New York, but um, or any NBA fan I think would like to, because I think he's at the point now where he just wants to go and ball and not and not worry about a championship. 
and not worry about. I don't, don't, don't want to see him in New York. I don't like. Not worry next. about stuff like that. Just go out and play basketball, and that's what he did in OKC. But I love. I like to see him in a big market town, um, and just thrive in there. Westbrook yeah. is the most fun to watch when he's on his own team, and he's correct. Yeah, like, yep. and I think game. I think New York will be that place. I mean, another team that was inter- that seemed, showed interest was Charlotte. I think he could do the same thing in Charlotte too. I mean, um, just go out and play his own game. So, but I think as if he goes to Charlotte, I would expect Houston to probably want Devonte Graham. Uh, maybe another yeah. couple Jordan, a, a Mike, package of some young good players that they yeah, have Jordan, there. Jordan came out and said that third picks off the table for Westbrook, and I mean they'd be stupid to give up the third pick for Westbrook. But yeah, I see guys like, um, like you would have to throw on big contracts like Bismack Biombo or. Uh, Nicholas Batum, but then also throwing guys like either Devontae Graham or Miles Bridges, who are their, their two young pieces, or even Terry Rozier, um, which Rozier would fit really well in that Houston Houston uh, offense because they need a point guard that can shoot. So, but. Anyway, Chad, I was going to ask you, uh, the NBA drafts on Wednesday, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, do you have – number one pick belongs to Minnesota. Yep. You think they'll take ball? Now, this is yes. – this is confusing because I mean I think this is from from what I've seen this is the weirdest the weirdest draft I've seen because there's not a sure number one prospect I mean yeah we could say like guys like Lamelo and like Anthony Edwards are good but like for these teams like it's so it's so weird I see Minnesota taking Anthony Edwards at one um, just because I think he's their best fit um, they need defending a defending wing I mean right now their starting shooting guard will be um Josh Koji. So I could see them picking up Anthony Edwards um and playing him at the two or even the three. Um they do he needs to develop his perimeter shot. Um but I think he's their best fit for Minnesota. Um and a lot of scouts have ball going at one. Um one one scout came out and was wondering if like he could bring his ego down, which is a issue I think that seems with the ball family, but um, yeah, I have Anthony Edwards going at one and then I'll just, I'll just go one, two and three. Um, if Golden State keeps their pick, I can see them taking Wiseman just because of their need for a big man. I could also see him dealing it, um, for a pick or for a later pick and a player, uh, a rumor that, that I saw that, uh, it was, um, the second pick and Andrew Wiggins to Cleveland for Andre Drummond and the, and the fifth pick. Let's just trade Kevin Love back there. Well, hey, if the Cavs got the second pick, we would take ball, in my opinion. I would hope so. That's I, I, I don't guess you guys. I, what do you I think about I, ball, Tal? Um, I like his size. He's definitely got the the size to be like that new era NBA point guard. Tall. He's quick. He can shoot. I mean, ball. he can kind of shoot. Ball I feel is, like that'll be a big question. He's a playmaker. Ball is the yeah. best is the most NBA ready out of yeah. all these prospects for sure. But it's got to be with what, what team fits with him, you know, like I don't think he fits in Minnesota, but if they take best player available, it will be LaMelo at one. But Stephen, who, if, if Cleveland traded up to two and, and let's say, let's say Edwards went one. Well, Steve, you, you're not even wants, taking ball at two. He wants Obi Toppin. Not two. Not a two. Um, well, let me just say real quick. I, I think Minnesota. Who's their starting shooting guard? Josh Okogi. I'm pretty okay. positive. Why wouldn't he fit in Minnesota, Lamelo? 
I think they're I think there's too much ball dominance. Like I understand I understand LaMelo Ball is a facilitator and, and in high school he was an incredible passer, but he's also a scorer. And I know good. D'Angelo Russell, he's not the kind of guy, in my opinion, who desperately needs the ball to be effective. He can, at least he shouldn't be. I think he could distribute the ball and be a more of a facilitating point guard. He can be, but was a threat to shoot. But when you look at D'Angelo, I mean, he's averaging 22, 25 points a game. I mean, he's a he's a scoring he's a scoring guard, in my opinion. I don't know. Me personally, I feel like Edwards would fit there because D'Angelo Russell can't play defense, and having him alongside Anthony Edwards, I mean, Lamelo Ball is a good defender, but. I personally like the fit with Anthony Edwards with Carlton Townsend and D'Angelo, but there's a strong possibility that they could trade that pick too. I mean, they're fielding offers as well. And um, Lamelo, I think. Go ahead. Well, you asked me if the Cavs got the second. What was it? The second pick? Is that what? You yeah, asked it's me? a it's a floating rumor. It's not nothing in, like too prominent, but well, yeah, they the trade up to two. If they got the second pick, it would. See, in the NBA, you need shooting. It's, it's a shooting league. And James Wiseman, while he's probably a good – he's probably – who am I kidding? He's probably a great prospect. You know, they can, maybe they need a big man. I don't know. Um, if they have the second pick and the mellow ball is sitting there, I, the Cavs probably would take him. Would I want him? I, I just – I don't like – the ball. Uh, I, I've yeah. said this before. I don't like the ball family. I don't like Lavar. I don't get like, over it. I think the ball family is overrated. Uh, maybe once again, maybe this is the point where I'm wrong. Uh, but I'd probably end up. They probably would take Lamelo Ball, and you know, maybe he turns out to be a great player. I I don't know if Lamelo would want to play in Cleveland, but uh, I mean, he played high school there. That's correct. I'm just tired of the the guard trend that we that Cleveland keeps drafting. We went Sexton, Garland, and I saw that um, Lamelo actually played high school with that number five prospect. He's got a I don't really know how to say his name, but they were on that same uh, Chino Hills team in 2016. He was the small forward. Is Oneka? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he said that was another. Option Cleveland was looking. I at. think the Cavs, in terms of what they need the most, is they need a three to four man, and that's yeah. where Obi Toppin comes in. But is he worth the second overall pick? I don't know. So we'll see how it plays out. I'll keep my eye on it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I had I had my top three being Edwards, Wiseman, if Golden State keeps their pick, and then Lamelo at three at Charlotte, which I I I, I think Lamelo and Charlotte is it, it's a great fit for me. Um, given the fact when he gets inserted in that lineup, I think he's the best player on the team. Well, so shoot, maybe if the Cavs get the second bit, they should take Mason Montgomery because man, did he drop what are you, 30 points against LaMelo? 30 points on LaMelo. 30. Montgomery's a man. Shout out to Mason. I mean, Chad Gardner LaMelo. <laughs> but um, no, I actually wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks try to make a move for, for two to the Warriors. I know they don't have the, the, the assets or the a lot of assets to give other than the eighth pick and throw him a couple players, um, but them trying to move up to two to get LaMelo, too. So. If LaMelo goes, goes to Charlotte, uh, uh, his career is over because MJ doesn't know how to run a team. <laughs> Just be expected for um, a lot of a lot of trades come Wednesday, Wednesday night. A lot of pick 
pick moving and stuff like that. I so. think you're right. There, there is not a like last year. It was pretty clear that it was Zion in terms of like the prospects and going in. It was Zion, Jaw, and then everybody else. And I think the, those two have switched. I think Jaw's right now better than Zion, but Zion, you know, had an injury, and I still think he's he's a beast of an athlete. Just let's see how he does in the basketball floor. Um, but this year, you know, there's the three guys. I get it, and every, and then there's some other guys, but. Is there a clear cut one clear cut one out of those three? I don't know. And so how that plays out, we'll see. What teams get them, we'll see. Yeah, I think it's just like an an aspect of like this draft. It's it's not that this draft class is bad. It's that this draft class is deep. I mean, you got guys like like Lamelo and James Wiseman, but then and Anthony Edwards, but then you got Obi Toppin, um, who's a really good 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 yeah Denny, who's a really good prospect, but they're not top three, of course, you know. And then you got guys like Isaac Okoro um, from Auburn and Tyrese Halliburton, who who's coming out to be probably one of the one of the better guards in the draft, actually, from Iowa State. And then you got, got lower guys like Killian Hayes, who played overseas. And then, of course, R.J. Hampton, um, who also played overseas. So, yeah, it's it's really, really deep, in my opinion. So that's why I think it's going to be difficult. So, uh, let me just it should be uh, exciting. Because like Steve said, everyone, everyone and their mom knew that the Zion was going first yeah. last year. And so I wouldn't even this be, year. Yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised if you see Minnesota deal their number one pick um, mm-hmm. come draft time. Um, given the fact, I mean, I think they're looking to be contenders. Of course, I mean they got two really good players on their roster and some bench pieces. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll be excited to see who Cleveland gets and. Such like that. So, who do you want, Justin? What do you think we should take? Uh, what pick do we have? Five. 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 Well, I don't know who's going to be available, but um, dream scenario we get Lamelo. More realistic, yeah. probably Obi Toppin. I wouldn't complain if we got Obi Toppin. I wouldn't either. I think he fits in a little bit better with what we have. But already. I mean, moving forward, I think we should deal either Garland or Sexton. There was a trade. I tweeted out um, the trade, the the rumor that the Cavs are aiming for two top ten picks in this year's draft, um, either to take F five Toppin or Denny, and then have a top top ten to either take. I mean, I know we don't want to take guards, but like Isaac Okoro will be there or um, guys like that. But that would put in the aspect of putting either Garland or or uh, mostly Garland basically on the trade block if they want to move up um, and get two top ten picks. Yeah, dream dream scenario, we would deal Garland somehow and either trade up or something, get ball, and then have Sexton play the two guard because I think he's more of a shooting guard. He's a good scorer. He is. But, but, and I'm not saying Darius Garland's going to be a great player, but I mean he's played one year and it seems like we just want to get rid of him. Like, well, I think if, more, if it's in exchange for Lamelo. Well, I haven't seen Lamelo take. on the NBA floor. Is Lamelo? I mean, is he that good? Like. He's he's the most NBA ready. He's prospect. in the news because his dad likes to run his mouth for him. But is he really that he's good? Got the he's, he's got the, the high news because he scored ninety two in a high school game and then he played. Okay, great. But did I mean the same thing happened with Lonzo? And while Lonzo's turned out to be a solid player, he's not a star player. Lamelo is a subpar shooter, but can get to the get to the basket at will, and he's the best passer I've ever seen okay. play. But in the NBA today, Live. if you can't shoot, you're not special. Well, well, we'll see with Anthony Edwards. 
because Anthony Edwards shot below 30% from three point at Georgia. So we'll see what we'll see. Lamelo physical enough to get to the rim. He's built like a twig. He's he big enough yeah, to get, get to the there. rim. There. He can get there. We'll just see. Against I mean, high I mean, schoers, maybe, but can he do it in the NBA? I mean, that's 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 the theory with any basketball player. I mean, we, we all have uh, uh, not true. But you saw that you saw guys like LeBron and, and even Zion that you can see the the build already. I don't look at LaMelo Ball and see an NBA build yet. Maybe he turns into one. That's respectable. But, I mean, last year we didn't see – I mean, Trey Young could get a shot off at will, but his he did not have any build whatsoever either. That's and um, No, we're comparing body types, correct? Yeah, like Steph okay. Curry when he came into the league. Okay, I don't need my point guards to be six foot ten, but I'm saying uh, just the in terms of uh, Trey Young can shoot and he can do everything. Can Lamelo do everything? Maybe he's a good athlete. Maybe he can do some things, pass the ball a little bit. But a lot of guys in the NBA can do that. No, I thought we were just comparing like what guys look like coming in the draft. And like Justin said, we mentioned Steph Curry, who was who was small and small and skinny, basically. I mean, Trey Young was small and skinny, and and then you go to Zion, and yes, yeah, Zion's a freak, but we were afraid that I mean, the guy couldn't even walk, right, yeah. and, and make it down the floor three times. So like, there's there's guy there's weaknesses for sure, and I don't I, I just don't see Lamelo's being as big as everyone's saying it is, but I might be wrong. Like I look at Lamelo Ball, and I I he plays at least the same way as like Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins ain't a bad player. It's just if he can't shoot that well and he can get to the basket, that's what Andrew Wiggins does. And Andrew Wiggins, while he's solid, he's not a star. It's a fine comparison. I agree. So, but maybe I'll, and again, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it's just, I don't think Wiggins averages tennis as a game. I think that's. What I was gonna Lamello say. I do. think the okay. biggest. I think the biggest thing with Lamelo is why he's gonna get taken up so high is his his playmaking, and how he can find the open man. And if Lamelo Ball gets drafted by the if the Cavs make a move, they get Lamelo Ball, and Lamelo Ball becomes an All Star, one of the great players in Cavs history. I'll change my tone, but I right now. Okay, yeah, that's fine. What's I special? Mean, I, there's some good things, and Isaiah's a bad player. It's just what's special about. I that. think the one player you have to be looking out for then is Anthony Edwards this year, um, given the fact that he's a below average three point shooter, but can play really really good defense. And if if threes are the main or if shooting is the main thing in the NBA, then it is. Okay, then we'll do. That's what I'm saying. I said it would be interesting. The NBA has transitioned from being a defensive league, uh, and where you have to earn your shots, to now everybody just stands around the three point line. Half the league doesn't play defense, and it's just the first team to get to 130 wins a game. So, Stephen, uh, I liked it better in the 80s. NBA basketball, I want to. Okay. Turning into a me league. I don't agree. I I don't disagree with you guys. It's it's. I don't need my games to be forty to thirty, but I want to see some teams play some defense, make teams earn it. Instead of just everybody just standing around the three point line. That's a fair point. I'd like to see that. But the shootout games are very fun. And the NBA was like that ten years ago, back in the two thousand ten, when the Kevin Garnett Celtics and the Kobe Lakers, and that's the kind of basketball that happened, and teams earned it. I mean, you still got dogs in the league right now, though. There that are play that play sure, really, really they, good defense. They have some dogs, D A W G. I get it, but they do now, like current NBA right now. I mean, there are guys that are out there that strictly are there just for defense. I mean, they make impact on the team on teams. Yeah, there's a couple, but uh, Pat Bev ain't one of them. <laughs> but Marcus Smart is. I mean, I feel like that's the main one of the main reasons why the Celtics were so good this year. I don't know they didn't they didn't make it to the finals, but um, without Smart, I think that team would hurt a lot but no it'd be interesting I, I was, i'd like to see how these prospects shape up 
Okay. It'll be interesting. Um, anything else, fellas? Steve's just mad that he didn't get a picture with LeVar Ball. <laughs> and you did. No. I forgot about that. You did. No, I, I don't want a picture with him. Nope, nope. I think the biggest flex is not LeVar, but Leangelo. Like, he's got the best hands in the Man's league. a bum. <laughs> got the best – got the – would have the best hands in the league if he made it. When he was in China, he had some good hands, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, do you want to close it, or do you want me to close it? Oh, uh, you got it. If I say no. any other words, I might get shot. Come on, Chad. <laughs> oh my God! Well, that concludes our episode. Uh, we'd like to thank Mr. Jackson Taub. Chad, do you have any uh, last parting words about anything in general? Or um, I'd like to say I'm a big fan of podcast i've watched every episode on my oh, way to school you. i'm going to school i'll turn you guys on and uh, listen yeah. tell i need you to do us a favor i need you uh and we don't need you to i mean we we, we can you get the basketball team to at least listen to that? at least this one and see if mitch like i'll it. get mitch, I, mitch. I, not just mitch i want the team to listen okay, okay. If you team can. dinners, team dinners. I, I'm trying my best. Every Play it over Twitter. the loudspeaker at practice. Yeah, get yes. get Mrs. Keener to get it over the loudspeaker during the announcements, please. Not even that. Okay. Just like collect everyone's phones and play them at once, so we yeah. can get our listeners hey, up. Hey, do you guys <laughs> do wacky that Wednesdays? What'd you say? Y'all do wacky Wednesdays? Yeah, we still do it. Instead of music on Wednesdays, put the podcast on during practice. That way, you right. can, there you go. Coach Kelly will. Oh yeah. Have some kind words, I bet. Anyway, that that just if we can get some more listeners, we'd appreciate it. We we like doing this, and uh, so we gotta thank Jackson for being on the show today. Um, Come back anytime. We'd like to love to have you back. Um, For Justin Waslick, for Chad Rich, I'm Steve Iwanek. Wear a mask. Practice. Physical <laughs> distancing. It kind of it's kind of plateaued a little bit though. Like it's not going all the way down. Like it's gone it, up a little. We actually bit, had it? an uptick in listeners. Um, we flattened the, last the curve. Episode. We had an flattened uptick the... in listeners from the last episode. Um, so hopefully we. That's why we want to get some listeners back going. We really want to make sure that people enjoy the show. So we're going to try and change things up, not make it a typical episode. Um, so. Um, yeah, in Ohio, please. Uh, Governor DeWine last week made a statement saying that he's considering shutting us down again uh, because of the recent uptick in cases and, and, and deaths, and we don't want that. We want to keep things open as safely as we can, but uh, I mean, I get, can't, I, I, me personally, this is not a political opinion. I, I, I want to see this country still open. I want to see our, our state, our businesses open, you know, uh, obviously safely, but uh, we, we want to make sure that we can, you know, keep, keep people, uh, Keep, keep businesses uh, afloat. So please, people, wear your mask. Practice uh, physical distancing. I don't call it social distancing if you don't know this by now. Um, should never be socially distant. Please. And if you don't know this by now, um, Steve thinks Jordan's the go because he won a national championship. That's a classic way to end the episode. And once again, for the sixth time, not true. Paraphrasing, taking it out of context. Paraphrasing. Interesting. Taking it out of context. Kind of what you did today. Uh, no, I did not. I quoted you directly. Um, so with that, please uh, check it. Check us out once again. We're on Anchor, 
Spotify, Google Podcasts. Check us out. Episode six coming out uh, tonight uh, into obviously the rest of the week and eternity, really. Um, the Browns got the Eagles on Sunday. Hoping to get to seven and three. The Buckeyes get Indiana at home. Going to be a good top 10 matchup in Columbus. Uh, NBA draft Wednesday night. Uh, we'll see how the trade deadline continues to unfold. Maybe the Suns will maybe become a threat. I don't know. Patriots get the Texans next Sunday. Be a good game. With that, we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.